What is up, 3 and D Nation? This is your host, Justin Lewis. Good to have you guys surviving another day of quarantine. I uh, hope you guys are doing well on this on this Monday evening, Tuesday morning, whenever you get to listen. Uh, as always, we are a part of the Grizzly Bear Blues Network. You can follow Grizzly Bear Blues on at SBN uh, Grizzlies. Uh, make sure you check us out at the 3 and D pod on Twitter as well. Uh, you can find me at J underscore Timberfake underscore. Um, and just as a reminder, we want to give a shout out to our Sean Coleman. He's still with us at Grizzly Bear Blues, but he's moved on to the uh, Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So you guys want to make sure you give him um, a, a follow over there. Keep up with him. Uh, you know, I've been through a lot. Life uh, kind of comes at you quick when you get married and uh, full-time employment, and, and now we're expecting our first child, and Sean did an awesome job carrying the podcast um, while I couldn't be there. So uh, very grateful for everything that he's done. So on our first episode, um, post-Sean, uh, I have a very special guest, as I kind of hinted at on the, on the Twitter page. We got a uh, MLB um, athlete here that's kind of – He's stuck at home waiting on uh, the call for the season to start, whether uh, they're all going to go out to Arizona and be quarantined together out there or they're just going to go play in their home stadiums in front of empty uh, stadiums. They're, they're just kind of waiting on, on that call. Um, even more special of a guest because I shared a birthday with him for, for 27 years and uh, we, we celebrate those birthdays together for probably like 19 of those. Uh, and here's the funny part about that is he doesn't like chocolate. And I love chocolate, so every year at our birthday parties, I couldn't have a chocolate cake because this dude wanted to have vanilla. And it wasn't until he got drafted and I had my own birthday party that I got to have a chocolate cake. Uh, our guest this week is uh, Cody Reed of the Cincinnati Reds. Cody, what's up? What's up, man? Appreciate you having me. Yeah. Why don't you just let everybody know where they can find you on Instagram, Twitter, or all your social media? Uh, yeah, on Instagram, it's uh, Cody underscore Reed. And then on Twitter, it is... Cody underscore read 23, I believe. I don't get on Twitter as much, but uh, so my, uh, my Twitter is linked to my Instagram. So Sweet. All right, so you're stuck in Tampa. Well, luckily we could do this face-to-face. I'm down here in Tampa with my parents. He bought a home. Um, like, I think the day I got married, he bought a home uh, down here in Tampa for him to have during the offseason. So we're down here together in Tampa playing some golf. Um, he's over here doing this podcast. So why don't you tell people what it's like? Um, you're supposed to be on the field right now um, playing. So how how's this affecting you? Um, basically, it's just like the off season started all over again for me. You know, I'm still uh, get my running in, throwing in when I can. Um, you know, some some limited to some activities that I can do. You know, when I you know joined a gym this off season, working out and through with some of those guys and uh, 
Uh, it's a little different, but you know, I still got everything I need. It's just more of a Homewood style, honestly. But um, it's been good so far. But it's like spring training almost didn't happen because it's off season all over again. So we're just waiting to get that call and so we can get the season rolling. So what went through your mind when you heard that somebody at the Reds facility in spring training tested positive for COVID-19? Uh, first thing I thought was I ever even see that guy. And I can honestly say I didn't even see him one time, one day in spring training. So um, that was a little bit of a relief. But once that happened, man, everything kind of shut down. And I was as I was staying at the team hotel at the time for, for the, the whole spring training. And I had about two days off, and they just said everyone was going home. So um, I kind of got out of there pretty quick. But, yeah, I never really came in contact with that guy. He was usually more up in the front office, upstairs type, you know, kind of away from all the players. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, that was wild to hear. So, you know, everyone, uh, including myself, they all kind of had a panic button, you know, hit for, for a little, for a minute. Yeah, I know when I heard about it, all, all of our family, our first thought was like, is Cody going to be stuck there? Is he going to, you know, is he going to catch it? And we were, we were all a little worried. But one of the main reasons I've got Cody on here is that he will tell you if he wasn't a baseball player, he would be a hooper. We, uh, we have played a lot of basketball together. Um, we both share a similar passion for basketball, but also for basketball shoes. And I kid you not, this guy has a bigger basketball shoe collection than most of your House of Hoops footlocker stores at, at some of your malls. So I'm going to ask him a couple of questions about his shoe collection um, because I'm extremely jealous of it. Um, he has pretty much a whole room in his new house dedicated to his shoes. So the first one I want to ask, what is your favorite pair to hoop in? My favorite pair to hoop in is probably um, probably the Kobe 8. I have a few pairs of those. Um, you know, ever since the, the tragedy happened, I've put all my Kobe's away, man. Put them up in the boxes, put them up in the closet. You know, I haven't really brought them out since that all happened. And I haven't also played basketball in a while either. But uh, if I had to pick a go-to shoe, it would probably be the Kobe 8 for sure. So you like the low tops? Yeah, I'm a big low top guy. I like the, uh, I like the Jordan 29. I played in those for, for a few off seasons, but if I had to pick one, it would be the Kobe's. I remember seeing you in the, in the Jordan 29s. You let me try on a pair of those and, and play in those, and those are comfortable. Um, so what's, your, what's the, I guess, your favorite pair? Like Not necessarily to wear or play in, but like what's your favorite basketball shoe that you own? Um, if Jordan 1 still classifies basketball shoes, I would probably pick those. I don't know if I could play well or even perform in those things, but uh, well, at least he did for a little while. But uh, I would pick the Jordan 1. That's probably my favorite all-around shoe, just lifestyle, you know, uh, wearing like out with an outfit or actual playing. So I, w- I would go with the Jordan 1. And what was the hardest shoe for you to come by? Ooh, the hardest shoe. Um, probably the off-white Jordan 1 Chicago, and I've worn it one or two times, and I put it right back in the box. Um, I waited in line when they when they came out on release day. I, I, was, I had my phone. I had my iPad trying to get them online. And I couldn't do it. I ended up waiting almost an entire year before I ended up buying them. But uh, that was probably, I mean, a year-long process into getting those. But I finally did, and I've only worn them twice. So uh, that was probably the hardest shoe for me to get. All right, so if you're telling me a couple of your pairs of shoes that you've only worn a couple of times. Which pair, do you own a pair that you've never worn? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a few of those. I got a couple doubles. Um, cause sometimes I do sell them. I will turn around and sell them if, you know, I don't think I'm going to wear them as much or I'm just not going to wear them anymore. Uh, so I'll end up getting doubles and, um, the doubles usually just in the closet. Um, I don't even have them laced sometimes. The tags are all still on them. 
Um, so I'm just going to wait because shoes kind of go in value. A lot of people don't really know how like the shoe industry works, but I kind of got into it at a pretty early age. But uh, yeah, I keep them up in the closet. Uh, don't even lace them up, barely even take them out. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a few shoes that I have yet to even lace up and even try on. Yeah, if I remember correctly, you used to like enter your name in a drawing in a different couple of places as to be one of the people that gets to be in line to purchase shoes, and like you won a drawing like in three different locations and bought the same shoe. Three <laughs> yeah, I times. bought bought three uh, three of the same shoe. Uh, I still have one of the pair. I've sold the other two, but uh, yeah, that was a uh, early morning because I had to get up and wait in line at all three different locations, and it was all over the Memphis area, and it was it was quite a day. It was a, a I definitely wasted the entire day for just for three pairs of shoes. All right, so you've got some that you won a couple times. What do you think is the one that you've worn the most? Um, I'm a big honestly like I like Jordans. I like um, you know the Yeezys, the Adidas, um, but I wear Vans a lot. Honestly, like when I know I can get them beat up a little bit, and they still look just as good. Um, I would probably go with Vans or Converse, really. I wear some Air Maxes every once in a while. But um, uh, Yeezys are probably like my more like sneaker-type shoe. I'd probably say I wear Yeezys a little more than, than others. All right, final question on the shoes. The most uncomfortable shoe that you've played in? Oh, that I've played in. Ooh. Um, what's it, the... The KD8s, I think the first colorway was like that bright orange, I want to yes. say, like crimson. I, I feel like I played it with you one time, and I remember I was playing defense or something, and I literally ran right out of the shoe. I ran right out, like it didn't come untied. I just, my, I came right out of it, and that was, that was a, a pretty tough shoe. But I will say, a lot of times when I would get a new shoe, I would literally put it on and go play immediately. So I didn't really give it time to break in. I would just put them right on and go play. And uh, the Kobe's always worked well for me, but that that KD8, that one always, I always put that one back up pretty quick after I played in it. The the first pair that I remember buying for myself was I think the KD3s. Uh, it's like a royal blue, and it was long and skinny. And I thought I was like the coolest kid at Blue Mountain College because I had a pair of KDs. And then I I got the the Kyrie ones, the Black History Month, and I felt like I was walking on marshmallows in those shoes. Loved those shoes. And then I ended up getting a pair of Kobe 8s, um, and I do like those. Low top scares me, though, because I got weak ankles, and I always come down on them. Um, you hooked me up with a pair of the Triple Black Kyrie 2s, um, and I love those. I've also got the uh, Kyrie 2 Infernos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a pair of Chris Pauls that I don't like that much, um, and then I've got a pair of Jordans that I that I like. But that's like that's it as far as my my collection goes. <laughs> Rough guess, how many pair of basketball shoes do you think you got? Oh, shoes in general, I bet I have. If I were to be as honest as I could, I would probably say I have somewhere over two hundred pairs of shoes, probably. And there's, I would I would say more than less than half is how many probably I haven't worn. So uh, there's there's some I need to I need to lace up and and to break in. Well, guess what? When you work as hard as you did to get to where you are, you can get 200 pairs of shoes. <laughs> yeah. If y'all don't know Cody's story, hopefully one day he'll he'll have a podcast where he can tell kind of how he got to where he was. He came to Olive Branch High School when I was coaching there and kind of told our baseball boys about the offseason that made the difference for him uh, as far as uh, junior college and, and getting looked at to go pro. Uh, it's a cool story. Now, we are from the Memphis area. We were born and raised there. Um, he went to Horn Lake High School. I went to DeSoto Central. So when Memphis came in 2001, like that was natural for us to be our team. 
But did you watch any other teams before you watched the Grizzlies? Uh, I've been with the, I've probably been with the Grizzlies as long as I can remember. Um, basketball wise, I've always watched them. Uh, my parents still call it Memphis State. The college there too. We I probably watched those are probably the only two teams I really was interested in. You know to really get me going. Okay, so who's your all-time favorite Memphis Grizzly player? <laughs> oh, um, mine's Mike Miller. My see, I was I'm, I'm picking between the two Mikes. I like Conley and I like Mike Miller. So um, I got to meet Mike Miller uh, two off seasons ago. You know, really cool guy. Um, he talked to me for a while. You know, after um, after a Memphis University of Memphis basketball game, and uh, really got to pick his brain. Not even just about basketball, just about you know how he went about things. And uh, I would probably say between those two. But since I I can say I kind of built a relationship, I guess I would have to say Mike Miller as well. Well, it's no shock to me that you like Mike Miller. Look, if y'all don't know, if you've never seen Cody, Cody's 6'5", 6'6". He's broad-shouldered. We go play church league games or pickup games. This dude stays so far away from from the, the rim. He is jacking threes from Steph Curry range. So no shock that he picks a shooter. Um, so who's your favorite uh, current non-Grizzly? Current non-Grizzly? So just anyone? Anybody in the NBA. Um... See, I'm a big Kevin Love fan. I know he's going to catch a lot of heat. I might catch some heat for saying that. But when he was with Minnesota, man, he was in, I feel like he was a machine, you know, and things kind of changed, career kind of, you know, changed for him a little bit. But um, I got a lot of favorite players. I mean, I like the the Tyler Hero kid from the Heat. I think he's really something. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big Russell Westbrook fan. Um, you know, I, I got to meet him, actually, you know, and uh, uh, I think some of those guys were the guys I, I pay attention to the most. Um, I'm a big Luca fan. Oh yeah, he's a, he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, my two favorite all time non Grizzlies are Steve Nash, and of course Michael Jordan. So last night was obviously the Last Dance documentary. Cody, did you get a chance to watch? I did. I did. I uh, actually stopped playing video games at about eight fifty just so I could make sure I was uh, I was ready to go. So what were your initial thoughts after the first two episodes? I thought it was good. The only thing I can say about it is I wish they would have went a little more in order. You can you could kind of tell like they would talk about the ninety seven season. They went back to the the playoffs in eighty six and the Scottie Pippen thing. I wish they kind of would have kept it more in order, but maybe that's just. I mean, there's 10 episodes, you know, so I think, you know, it all ended up coming together. But other than that, man, I really enjoyed watching it. I kept – I silenced my phone. I was shushing everyone in the house, make sure no one I, – I didn't miss anything. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. But, you know, I can't wait for next Sunday. Yeah, so I I was shocked at some of the things that I learned. Um, I was also kind of confused with it, as much as they jumped around between years. Um, the whole situation with the GM um, and how Jordan kind of bullied the guy. Um, and then just the – the contract that Pippen took, seven years, $18 million, just to make sure he was getting paid without getting injured, and then how he was the sixth highest player, uh, paid player on the Bulls. That was insane um, to me. So here's the question. You've seen two hours worth of some Jordan highlights. Is there any debate, skill-wise, between him and, him and LeBron? I still, right now... I've I've been asked this question so many times. You know, I'm teammates with Amir Garrett, a basketball guy, and he'll he'll always you know give me his thoughts and opinions. But uh, I'm 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 gonna stick with Michael until LeBron gets done playing. You know, we'll see after LeBron gets done. But watching some of those things that Jordan was doing, some of those highlight tapes, some of those old you know stuff I wasn't even born yet, and some of the stuff that he was doing and. And watching him play against the Pistons and seeing him getting thrown around like a rag, but you know he's still putting up 49 a game, and 
um, you know, that was pretty crazy. You know, I wish I was, you know, around to watch it, but, you know, we're around to watch LeBron and see what he's doing. I'm going to have to stick with Michael for right now. I'm going to stick to it until we'll see uh, how LeBron ends up. I, I, I guess I kind of agree. I think skill-wise, Jordan's got LeBron beat, but the physicality of LeBron, um, just he's a train. Um, and I, I have no problem admitting that LeBron is the best player in the NBA. I just don't like him. I don't like that from the beginning he was he deemed himself King James and you know the the goat comparisons were were there very early because I grew up being able to watch Michael Jordan. I remember being in in our first house in in Northfield that was like 800 square feet and me and my brother had bunk beds. I'd jump off the top bunk in the middle of the night when I was supposed to be in bed and and all I remember for some reason was was the Bulls versus the Jazz and seeing John Stockton and Carmelo take on Jordan and the Bulls, and I just had that the volume all the way down, and, and watching that, and you know, of course, Space Jam was a, a movie of my childhood. So Jordan is just obviously idolized. So Twitter, if I'm sure your Twitter feed was probably pretty similar for two hours last night. That's all that was on there was this documentary. But then there's some really hot takes that came out following that, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw one at you that I didn't tell you about going into this. Somebody said watching rookie Jordan and the hype and the skill reminded them of rookie Ja Morant. Ooh. Now, that is absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah. Because Ja Morant is the most skilled basketball player probably to put on a Memphis Grizzlies jersey. And I don't think there's any debate in that. That's yeah. safe to say. Mark Gasol is phenomenal. Mike Conley is phenomenal. Zach Randolph, we get it. The core four are idolized. They're going to be on Mount Rushmore forever. <laughs> But the talent that John Morant has is is great. So I want to hear your take as a Memphis Grizzlies fan on on this past season. John Morant, Brandon Clark, the growth of Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, just at what you've seen as, as a fan. Oh man, I will start by saying I love the Grizzlies. You know, I'm always going to be with them. You know, every time anybody talks about NBA, I'm always throwing out there that I'm a Grizzlies fan, and I ain't afraid to admit it. But I've been I was, I was super excited for this season. You know, I'm a big I think it was after the third game I tweeted out that it was time it was already time to buy a Morant jersey. So um I haven't done it yet, but I think I really need to. And uh no Clark, that's what he's I don't I can't remember how tall he is, but how athletic he is, you know, and uh I mean Morant you really can't, you know, deny his athleticism and I even wanna say Jaron Jackson, he grew like three inches from the the last year. So I've been keeping up with him. Uh I got to go and you know, fortunate to go to a few games in the past couple of uh, off seasons, but um yeah, man, really excited for them and 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 to watch John Morant, you know. And I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my foot down and say that he's the he's the rookie of the year this year already, hands down. You know, I know all the hype was Zion, but you know, uh, John Morant was actually playing and putting up all these numbers and, and and helping that Grizzlies team, you know, get that eighth seed. Yeah, so Zion's a freak of nature, but but Zion in the rookie of the year conversation is only a conversation because. ESPN tends to grab a player and force him down people's throat. LeBron has forced down people's throat. Tiger Woods has forced down people's throat. Zion has become that that new player that is being forced down the throat. Yeah, he puts up crazy stat lines in the, the what he played thirteen games. Mm-hmm. He's a freak of nature. He's he's putting up highlight dunks already. That's great. But Ja took a team that was predicted to win twenty five games by Vegas and has them in playoff contention. And he's doing things that people have never done as far as rookies go. So I just don't see how Zion's in the conversation. I and mean, we're going to talk about that rookie of the year conversation because 
I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but Kendrick Nunn from the Miami Heat decided that he was going to come out and say, oh, I know everybody's talking about Ja, but I should be rookie of the year. And he, he says something completely ignorant and says, we're in the playoffs and that should matter. Well, all you have to do is pull up Google and do Western Conference standings, Kendrick Nunn, and you'll see that the Memphis Grizzlies are currently in the playoffs too. Ja has led – and I would say that Ja has more of a positive impact on his team's winning than Kendrick Nunn has because look at who's on uh, – the team with him. He's got Bam Adebayo, who's had a breakout year and may be the most improved player of the year. And then Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic. All those guys are all-stars. Yeah. They're, <laughs> none stepped up when Butler was out. There's no denying that. He played He played great. But to say that you're a rookie over the year over John Morant is absolutely just <laughs> – it's just dumb. And it, it kind of seems like it went away quick because he realized um, – that he was he was getting shut down by literally everybody on on Twitter. So here's here's my question for you: the personality of of Jaw and Jaren is totally different than the personalities of Mike and Mark, the two former faces and the two new faces. How do you think that personality plays a role in the success of a franchise? Plays a role in how it brings in fans. Like, what do you think is going to be different between the core four and the grit and grind area? with these two guys being the new face. Um, man, I got to watch it. Uh, I watched Jaron Jackson's first year, you know, two off-seasons for me ago. And, uh, you know, that guy, that guy I think is really going to be something else. You know, he was the youngest player, I think, in that draft. He was the youngest player in the league that year. He was almost the youngest player in the league his second year. So um, I think that had uh, something to do with it. But watching them two play together, you know, they're always laughing. They're always having fun. I, I follow both of them on social media. They're always going back and forth, you know, talking trash to each other and laughing about it. So, and now I can, I can say from experience, you know, locker room, you know, that's, that's really important. You know, that's, um, you, you need to have a good locker room, you know, to have, uh, you know, to produce the numbers and to have success you know, on the court, you know, I mean, obviously this is for the field, but you know, seeing them laugh together and, and play together. And, uh, I think, you know, them two are really going to help, you know, the team, I think, uh, you know, kind of come out of the, the shadows what they've been in for a while. All right, I'm going to ask you to make a bold prediction. How many years until Jaw is an all-star? Ooh, um, I say he's an all-star next year. I mean, I know this year is gonna, it was kind of, you know, cut short, abbreviated, but I mean, next year he gets the full season and, and letting them, you know, play together like they have been. You know, I think, I don't see why he wouldn't be. I know you got the the – the rising stars. I think it's your first two years that that All Star game they have with the with the rookies. But uh, well, Trey Young made it in the second year. Trey Luka Young made, made it in the second year. I don't see why why John Morant you know can't make it next year either. In yeah. my opinion. Well, you got He's got to beat out Luca. He's got to beat out James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard. He's he's got some competition to make it in there. But I agree. I think he can make it next year. I think it's going to be four or five years before Jaron can make it into the All Star game. Um, another bold prediction. How many years until the Grizzlies make it to a Western Conference final? Ooh. Uh, the West is so tough, and honestly, I hate that the Grizzlies are in the West. I think about that all the time. They should be in the East. Should be in the East, I know, but um, I'm all those years, you know, we were the eighth seed and we get matched up with San Antonio all those years. You know, I hated watching those games every time. Um, oof. The Western Conference finals. I mean, you got. I mean, you got LeBron now in LA. You got you no, know, and they're all all these teams that are stacked in the West. Um, 
I probably have to say in you know the four or five year, I'm guessing it wait to those those two guys get pretty seasoned, you know, and maybe they can uh, you know some guys you know end up wanting to play with those guys, you know, we get some some higher profile guys because you know it's kind of tough for the Grizzlies; they're not as a high profile as a team. Um, but you know when you get those those two guys, if they can really stand out and and produce all those numbers, you know, you got guys uh, you know that want to play you know with them because they know they can win. So I would probably have to say four or five years for sure. And I'm always and I'm going to be watching for those four or five years. I promise you that. Oh, not only will we be watching, but in your off season, you'll be right there at the games. I'll be there. Uh, Cody and I don't often go to the games together, but we're often at the same games. Um, we we definitely frequent them as much as we possibly can. Um, as we wrap up uh, next week's podcast, I'm going to be talking to somebody that's affiliated with the Portland Trailblazers. And as you've seen on Twitter and probably on ESPN and a couple other times, Damian Lillard just feels that there should be some type of play-in tournament for the eight seed. And then there's all these simulations going on and all these other things that are going on where they just continue to leave out the Grizzlies. Do you think if the NBA were to start back today that it should just pick up um, where, where we are the standings and start the playoffs, or should there be some type of tournament that determines um, that last seed? Or do you think that this – like, is Lillard wrong? Had they had their chance or – do the teams that were fighting basically New Orleans and Portland do they do they deserve a chance to try to finish out um, that pursuit of the eight seed? Um, you know, I'm gonna I'll be biased, you know, um, <laughs> but I think it should pick up where it left off. You know, they had just as much, you know, games and, and chances to win and keep that record just like the Grizzlies did. So um, I'm gonna have to be my bias answer is gonna say you got to pick it up right where it left off. So for me, obviously biased. I want us to be in the playoffs this year. We're going to go ahead and get rid of that pick that we owe to Boston um, in this very shallow draft. It worked out beautifully for us. The team that did scare me was Portland mm-hmm. because Damian Lillard was cooking the league. And don't don't sleep on C.J. McCullough either. I like that guy too. And Carmelo. Carmelo. Like, And then uh, Yusuf Nurkic was coming back. Um, Hassan Whiteside was playing well. Like, Portland was going to be a problem. Yeah. And we had the toughest schedule in the NBA going forward. So I would be a little worried that if we were able to finish out the season that they could probably catch and pass us. I'm a little worried that playing them one-on-one. I mean, Dame time, I mean, it just it's scary. Am I worried about New Orleans as much? Absolutely not. I'm not scared of New Orleans. Do I think they would have caught us? No, I don't. I think it would come down between us and Portland. And honestly think that Portland may have would beat us and, and get in if that – were to happen, but I think a sneaky thing that people are overlooking for us is certain somebody's going to be healthy when we come back, and that's Justice Winslow. And from my understanding, when we come back, there's going to be at least a two-week mini training camp to get these guys back mm-hmm. into shape and practice. You've got two weeks of installing Winslow into this offense, and not a team in the league knows what it's going to look like having him. And if you recall, last year when Drogic went down in Miami, who ran point guard? It was Justice Winslow. Yeah. So he – in my mind, he's like an upgraded Kyle Anderson, a little yeah. bit more athletic. He can run the point as a forward. <laughs> he can defend probably not as well as Kyle Anderson, but he doesn't move in slow motion either. Mm-hmm. And he can probably knock down a three-point shot, which Kyle Anderson's allergic to doing. <laughs> um, so I think this makeup – like, and I think one of the big keys is what you said. The locker room matters. And these guys love playing with each other. They love hanging around each other. Winslow seems to fit right in with these guys. Um, I mean, he's playing with his two former Duke teammates and Tyus Jones and Grayson Allen. Um, and that's somebody else that could be back is Grayson mm-hmm. Allen and what he brings because, I mean, he's got a pure shot. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I do think that they should pick up from where they left off and, and start the playoffs that way. Well, 
thanks for having for coming and being on. Um, I hope that your season gets started soon. Uh, I know you guys are, are chomping at the bit to get out there. You're healthy again. Um, you're ready to get back on the mound and improve yourself. And um, you know, from what you told us on the golf course the other day, is that Cincinnati's going to make some noise this year. Uh, and I hope that's the case, except for when you play the Braves. <laughs> um, anything you want to say on the way out? Uh, no, man. I appreciate you having me, man. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well. That has been uh, the 3ND Podcast. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at 3ND um, Pod, and you can follow the Grizz- uh, SBN Grizzlies uh, for the Grizzly Bear Blues. Until next week, see you guys later.